Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Today, we are talking all about creating your life by design. So whether you are a business owner or otherwise, I encourage you to stick around, watch, because Katie and I are going to jam on some incredible things. Um, I'm going to let her pop on here. I'll let her tell you more about herself, and I'm excited for our chat today. So I see you down there, Katie. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. So stick around with us, and we're going to talk all about how you can create your life by design, overcome obstacles that are preventing you from doing that, and all sorts of other stuff. All right, come on, Instagram. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. I'm so excited for us to talk. I feel like we're like, almost like bringing our one-on-one sessions like online because they're still our conversations are the best there's some real energy when you're talking to other like-minded people I think it's just such a cool experience a unique experience and you and I are on the same wavelength in so many different ways so I love it I love sharing it with the people (laughs) Katie and I have many many shared interests we live close to each other we love to work out. Katie likes to murder herself with CrossFit. So good time. But let's uh let's tell the people who you are and what you do and all the fun introduction stuff. Sure. So I am a probate and trust lawyer by trade. Um, I work on the in the state of Florida on behalf of people who are in disputes over dead people's money. I know it sounds kind of gross, but it's a really interesting field to work in. Um, I'm also a a Supreme Court certified uh, mediator here for circuit civil cases. And then I also coach for uh, young lawyers and professionals that are kind of in stressed out environments. So I have a multifaceted uh, practice. It's just me. I'm based out of St. Pete, like you said, and handle cases all over the Tampa Bay area and coaching clients all over. Oh, and mediations also all over the state of Florida. I can I can mediate via Zoom from anywhere now. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that you could do that um, online. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So o- over the pandemic, some of the, we've had a bunch of benefits actually for the legal profession over the pandemic, but some of them is now we're authorized to attend hearings a lot of times via Zoom, depositions, but also mediations. And we've seen some pretty great benefit to our clients and to for lawyers in particular, because a lot of times our clients are out of state. And they don't want to have to pay to travel to Florida for mediation and um, saves everybody money. And also to attend something like that, which can go all day for like eight hours from your home is so much better than from an office with like an uncomfortable chair and no <laughs> snacks. I'm all about the snacks. <laughs> snacks. Fine. Yeah, the snacks. It's, it's all about the snacks. If you don't have access to snacks, why even do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I think is like so incredible about you that I just want to like 
brag on you for a second is that like you have this incredible passion for changing the industry that you work in. And I think that obviously the industry that you're in, much like the medical profession, is full of burnout, overworked people who are just essentially following outdated rules. And I I love that, you know, in our time together and just like loving you as a person to, to really feel like the passion that you have for that. And so I just want to share that with the people because it's very important because your mission is the reason why you do all that you do in so many different pathways is because you really do have that deep desire to change the way that things are done in, in the industry. Yeah, that's, um, I appreciate you saying that. So I, I feel like I have to attack it from all angles. So the, the legal field is rife with mental health issues, overwhelm, burnout, perfectionism, imposter syndrome. So my approach is kind of threefold. Uh, one, I operate my own business with um, healthy principles in mind. So I, I'm leading by example, if you will. Two, uh, I'm trying to influence the practice of law. So it's, and especially litigation. So it's less chest pounding, less machismo and, and more calm, more cordial, collaborative. And then number three, I'm working on an individual level with people to understand that it doesn't have to be this way, that you can practice the law on your own terms, or you can have your own business and, and work within your own um, values. And I think, so that's my approach in all arenas. It's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, after working with you and really identifying my values and what's most important to me, I felt like it was absolutely necessary to include those in every single aspect of my business. And that's what I'm doing. I've really stepped in and I'm being more vocal about it because in the state of Florida, we don't really talk about mental health within the legal profession much. And it really is, um, has always kind of frustrated me. We have like a, a magazine that comes out once a year where we address the topic. And I just feel like it needs to be at the forefront of many conversations. And I'm really trying to, to do that in whatever way I can. Yeah. And you take such a great stand for that. And I think it's really cool. Like, the because I think that kind of leads into what we're talking about today with creating your life by design. I think that the multifaceted way that you approach things is really, really important. And something that you said about first recognizing what your own values were and then choosing them to apply to choosing to apply them in every scenario, essentially. And I think that's one of the biggest keys for people in wanting to create their life by design, because so many people feel trapped and they feel trapped by external things but the reality is that like we're only you know we're our only biggest obstacle and so it's I know that you obviously us together like we you have navigated so much in this last year and I would love to hear from you kind of some things that would be helpful for people that maybe not are in in a similar profession but anybody who is kind of feeling trapped by their circumstances in order to move into a more Um, free life in order to move into creating their own life? What are some really vital things you think they should do? Well, there's, there's a few things. Um, What immediately is coming to mind is to not give up. I I think a lot of times we have a tendency to just be like, become a little complacent. Uh, This is my life. This is what it is now. There's no other choice. And, And perhaps maybe there's a good paycheck involved, something along those lines. And so it, 
it is kind of easy to just kind of deal with it, right? But that's not always the answer. There is always another option. So, so step number one is like, okay, explore maybe what those other opportunities could be. And then number two, I think biggest to ask for help is to um, get someone else, maybe an outsider's perspective that can help you look into these things, look into your life, see whether you're really living in alignment, whether you've even identified what's important to you, what you're looking for in life and in your career, and how far away you are from that, what kind of shifts could be made to make sure that you are stepping in. So very practically, it is one, knowing that that you have a choice, right? You don't have to do things the same way, because I think that's hard, and some people forget that. And then number two, ask for help. And you and I talk about this all the time. We have a tendency in a lot of professions, and women in general, I think, to not step in and ask for help when we really need it. And that I mean that in your home life. I mean that in your personal life. But I also mean that in your work life. You know, a lot of times burnout comes because we have too much on our plates. And lawyers in particular have a tendency not to say, you know what, I could delegate this to someone else. Or I could say, push back when a task is assigned to me and say, I don't have the bandwidth to do it. But asking for help in all arenas, I think, really is an easy thing to do um, that we've been hesitant to do, but can make a big difference in taking the reins, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. And I think that it's just that delegation piece inside and outside business is so huge. And oftentimes, I think it's delegation, but it's also actually delegating like it's one thing to ask somebody to do it but then to micromanage them like while they're doing it or not that's where it's so interesting to me because everybody has this desire for freedom everybody's like of course I want to create my life by design of course that's what I want but then when it comes to actually sticking to it's almost like holding yourself to your own boundaries it's like oh I'm still like checking my email after I get off work or I'm still you know, just other areas not really paying attention or not staying aligned with your values that you're holding. And another thing that you said that was so cool is that there's a difference that complacency really holds people back. And as people, it feels icky to us because we are born. I know that you and I are on the same page as this. We're born to continue to grow. Like we don't just like stop. It's not like, okay, I'm 70 and I'm retired. Like I believe it's our entire life. And so I right. think that complacency is like such a dream killer, right? And so the the words that came to me as you were speaking were like, how do people recognize if they are content or if they are complacent? Mm. No, that's an interesting question because honestly, I think that this comes down to another topic we talk about frequently is self-reflection and any sort of honest evaluation of your life. I'm not sure how many people are actually asking themselves that question or looking into what it is going to take them to be content or what it is making them complacent. I think it's just going through the motions a lot of times and getting involved in a routine that you have a hard time shifting out of and may not be the best for you, but also hasn't changed in like five to 10 years. <laughs> so yeah. it's really saying, you know, just because I've done the same thing or just because I've had the same job or handled it the exact same way for five years. Is it still serving me? Am I still getting something from this? Am I influencing change in this job? If that's something that I want to do, am I learning? Am I growing? Am I developing as a human? I think simply asking ourselves those questions is what we have to do. And I don't know that many people do it. I really don't. Um, I talk about this often. I know you do too, but like 
it's that reflection piece that I think is missing in order to determine whether somebody's actually happy or being complacent in a job. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's one of the untalked about powers of like mentorship and working with the coach is like that mirror piece of like, here's actually happening that I'm mirroring back to you because that, I think that sometimes people just really convince themselves of maybe this is contentment or maybe it's not meant for me, or maybe, you know, that's too big for right now, or maybe it's not the right time or you know, maybe it's it's something for when my kids are older. That's one that, yeah. that I at one point. And I think that there's a lot of that. But I also think that like we get to really challenge the belief of like what contentment is. And we get to recognize that like you can be content with what you have and be fully present in your reality while also holding the desire to change a whole fucking industry or whatever it is. Like right. you can do. I think oftentimes people are like, well, I can't because that's really big. And so they get almost like knocked off like a pattern of growth because it's like, oh, well, if I'm focused on growth, that means I'm not grateful for what I have. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think you're, I think you're right. What was interesting that you just said, though, is that that timeline, what you're just talking about is that we have in our minds like a certain deadline or an idea that we'll do something at a certain point in our lives kids are grown or after I get this certification I'll start putting my offer out or after I accomplish this I'll start talking about it or I'll go and be a presenter this just this weekend I was talking to somebody about what it takes to be on like a speaker as a lawyer because one of the things I do is, is speak around the state on various topics but it takes the willingness to do it put yourself out there and just to go and speak you don't have to have a certain timeline in mind you just have to do it <laughs> And it's that that same thing comes up, I think, with the contentment and the complacency. It is, where are you at? If there is something that maybe feels a little awkward or it's not sitting well with you, kind of figure that out. And you can pursue a change while also being in that content place, right? You can pursue something different, see if it works, but also be in the same place that you were. And there's that's okay. There are no rules. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we know how I feel about rules. <laughs> I know rules. They're the worst, but I don't, and I don't know where they come from to be honest, but we have so many like self-imposed rules, yeah. timelines, expectations, and it's very hard to get away from them, especially when we've lived that way for so long. I know me, a recovering perfectionist, I deal with this all the time. It's like my expectations are through the roof and I'm constantly having to say, you know what? My best is good enough. And I'm doing what I can to make a change. But also with like changing an industry or trying to uh, embrace more collaborative, peaceful practices, it's like my expectations have to be real. Change is hard for a lot of people. It will not happen overnight. <laughs> so I'm doing what I can. Yeah. And the expectation too, that it's like reframing growth and reframing that into like, of course, this is going to be uncomfortable because it's new, because I haven't felt it before, because I'm having to unlearn, because I'm having to decondition. And there's a lot of that that's like growth isn't, it, it's a necessary part of our lives. But that's really when we, when it comes to creating your life by design, like you said, there is really, it is the simple fact of like, you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to show up for it. And that's right. where you're 
inventory that you were talking about, that reflection piece plays such a big role because it's like, if you don't look at what's actually happening, if you're just putting one foot in front of the other and you're just like, you know, barely trucking along in your days, then it's like you get to 70 and you look back and you're like, what the fuck happened? And like, I don't want to live like that. I can't imagine, you know, leaving cards on the table or whatever phrase you want to use. But that is enough for me personally to know, like, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to release the expectation and trust that it's supposed to be what it's supposed to be. But it really is just what you said. If you want to create freedom if you're in your life, if you want to create your life because it is yours. And I think that's forgotten. Yeah, totally. You didn't pop into this world and it's like, okay, now here, but it's like, that goes, that's a completely different conversation about, you know, school and how we're taught to stay in that line and on that certain path. But I think that there's so much for us to explore when we do take that look in the mirror, when we do say like, am I actually happy? Am I actually fulfilled? Um, Am I just telling myself that I'm fulfilled because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because that's the thing I find with all of my clients is they're checking all the boxes, right? Like you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do. You got the certifications, you have the job, you have the money, you have the stuff. And it's like, why does this feel like shit? Why, why, why is this it? You know? Well, one of the things you just said too. So, you know, we talk about the complacency, we talk about the contentment, we talk about our own timelines, but I think one of the pieces that we're missing to like living life on your own terms is fear is so often people are afraid to make that shift or make a tiny change because they go to the extreme, right? If I make a change in my career, I'm going to lose my job, right? Like, or people are going to judge me for not being, you know what I mean? It goes to a crazy extreme. And the truth is, is that's not true. That is absolutely not true. If you step into your career and your life and you're living on your own terms, I can guarantee you people are going to recognize it. They're going to respect you for it. And you probably will even be compensated for it because you're going to be doing a better job when you're living in alignment and happy in your life. So that fear piece is one of the other parts of this discussion that I just really want to like take out of it. And so we're doing the reflection. We're talking about complacency, but also address your fears. And are they well-founded or is that something that society has raised you to think that you are somehow going to lose a job by stepping into your own? I think it's part of my French total bullshit that we have to overcome it. Seriously, though. And that's really fear is the thing that stops us from everything. Right. And I think you made such a good point about how we always go to the extreme of like, if I speak up, if I ask for this, if I take this step, if I do this thing, then this is going to happen. And that's where we get to really kind of come into the offering of taking our own power back. Right. To where it's like, wait a second how much data do I have to support this actual fear? And sometimes it's the emotion out of it. And we just come back into ourselves and our bodies. And we're like, wow, this is completely based in non-fact. This is a complete assumption because it's unknown. Right. And so what we want to do is we want evidence. We want to know like that's anxiety in a nutshell. Like if I just knew, but the only way that we can build that evidence, the only way that we can get that data is by doing, is by putting ourselves in the room, making the choice, saying the yeah. yes, and then trusting. I think, I feel like this is the conversation that we had at one point, just trusting that when you do it, because you've always 
survived. Like you're here. And you're <laughs> yeah. always on the other side. And so why right. would this yeah, no, I think that too. It's like, okay, so, and I think we talked about this is like playing out that worst case scenario, right? Like if somehow that fear was somehow founded and the worst case, what's your alternative? Oh, maybe you find another job. Maybe you do something different. Maybe you make a shift, whatever. But like the, it, you, it really brings you back to reality when you play it out all the way to the end. Cause more often than not, you're going to say, wow, that really, that has no place in my brain because it really is never going to work out that way. And we all know better than that. But I also think that that comes back to reflection. It's right. Circular, right? So you have those fears, you feel them and maybe you assess them. But then if you do that honest reflection on how they could play out, the opposite becomes true. It's actually, it's not an issue. It's not as big of an issue and it's not founded in fact, and it probably will never ever play out that way. So it really does come back to honestly evaluating your life, your contentment. Are you happy in that job? Are you just being complacent? And whether or not a change could make a major shift in your life. Hmm. Yeah. And it's the choice of either living, continuing to live and never knowing mm-hmm. or trying, like giving yourself the opportunity to bet on yourself. Because it's like, if we can go back to, when we were born and we can go into our little baby bodies for a second and just be like, Hey, just a reminder, like you don't have to follow everybody else's rules. You don't have to follow, like imagine how different things would be. Obviously (laughs) I know probably won't solve in this lifetime, but it's like, it really is like your freedom is your birthright. That's right. No, that's right. And it also, if you think about that enough, it almost like flips on the fear side. So if you don't make the change, what could happen, right? If you don't make the shift, at some point you get so scared of not making a change, not doing something different, not really owning your life and doing it on your own terms, that fear outweighs the doing it and what could happen, the other side. So if like if you have the balancing scale, it's if I don't do this, I, you know, I might not ever live according to my own terms. I might not ever get to try something new. I might not be speaking up on what I really need in my work and my life. All of those things can add up to the other side. And so make the fear of not making the shift greater than making it. That's an incredible point. I haven't really thought about it that way, but it's so true. It's so true because you can almost provide yourself with enough data. And you know, what really came to my head when you were saying that was the mental health piece, right? The struggle with burnout and anxiety and stress and the reality of like what that does to your physical being. Yes. Yes. No, that is so huge and has to be part of the conversation when you are considering whether your life is in alignment with your work and whether mm-hmm. you are in alignment with your work, because that we know you and I are as like gym rats, if you will, big fans of sleep and rest and recovery, that burnout, that stress piece can have a whole nother meaning if it's constant and you never get away from it. And so that can be a part of that fear of not making a change and that the lasting repercussions on your physical health could really add up. Um, So no, that's a huge part. Right. And if you think about it from, it's almost like not to impose fear, but it's almost more dangerous for you to not live life on your terms, to not create the life that you desire because you living in misalignment literally puts your health at risk, like mental emphasis. No, and, and you know, and it's not just that burnout stress piece too, but it's 
there's a weird lack of comfort that you feel when you're living misaligned. Like you just kind of feel like some of your actions are at odds with who you are as a person. And I know I've experienced this firsthand. For me, anytime I'm like off, I'm like, oh, something's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's not good. (laughs) That can really cause like some, I don't know, feeling uncomfortable in your day to day because simply because you're not aligned with your values. And maybe it's something as silly as like, you know, for me, I am very much an out of office person. Like I don't like to work in the office. I like to work in a coffee shop. I have a co-work space. I love to work from anywhere. And even going to an office on a daily basis just doesn't align with who I am. And it makes you sad. It makes you angry. It makes you feel uncomfortable. And if that cannot be avoided, why wouldn't you? It's going to make your life so much better to live in alignment with those values of independence and, you know, socializing with other people, whatever those values are that you have. Ah, yeah, it's so true. And just the power of giving yourself what you need, like giving yourself what you actually desire. Like there's so many women that just like we have these big dreams, these big desires, and like we don't even say them out loud. You know, it's like even you're we're so quick to downplay and we're so quick to say, you know, not right now or, or maybe, you know, later on or when this happens or whatever. And it's like that's not like how to me, what's like deeply rooted in my mission of creating freedom for women is like the happiness that it creates. And it sounds so yeah. simple, like really the yeah. joy of our world. How much happier would people be if they were actually doing what they love to do? Yeah. Oh my God. Like I can imagine. And that's one of the things like that's part of my mission, right? Because especially in the legal field, it's really tough. Like people are so unhappy in their jobs and, are, and that translates into their lives. Right. So by influencing any change in that environment that will alleviate some level of unhappiness, we're making kinder humans. And wouldn't this world, especially the world we're living in right now, be such a better place if we had more kinder humans? And kindness comes from you being content in your life. It really does. If you're unhappy in any way in your life, in your career, your home life, whatever, that's going to reflect outside of it. It's going to be projected in relationships. It's going to be, you're going to have a negative attitude in life in general, and you're going to pass that on. It's contagious, just as contagious as a yawn. So <laughs> I think that that's part of what we have to do is we have to encourage others to step in, to not be afraid of making those things, to not living small mm-hmm. and living in alignment and that whatever that is for them so that they are happier and therefore everyone is affected by it. Yeah. You, but just being content in your life affects everyone. So true. And hurt people hurt people. So I think yeah. it's almost like we can come back to our inner, our inner people pleasers and say, Hey, by you not choosing yourself, by you not developing your dream, by you not creating your life by design and, and instilling the freedom that you actually desire, you are actually causing hurt to people around you. I know that Eric right. conversation yesterday about how our kids are going to see things so differently now because like they always have a parent that picks them up from school. We, when my kids are out of school on the weekdays, like we're done, we're done working. Like Eric rearranged his work schedule to where, you know, it's just like so much of what we've done is built from that place of like, I'm not going to sacrifice my freedom. And I think yes. that's of like wanting to create your, your life by design is challenging 
the thought of I have to sacrifice one or the other and instead just choosing to have both instead just choosing up front to say, well, I want like the successful career and I want the family time. I want to take care of my mental health and have a really good career. And I think that it's almost like foreign to people because it's been so ingrained that like you can't have both. No, that's so true. I, I think, yeah. It, and also people start to feel guilty about wanting to have it all. Mm. And my question, my response is always why, you know, what, what makes you think that you have to live that small, you know, life. I, I don't get it. I don't understand where that came from, but there's that sense of guilt that like, I have a decent life. You know, I have a good paycheck. You know, I work a nine to five. Am I fulfilled? No. Am I growing? Not exactly. But who am I to ask for more? No, right? always it, ask for more. It makes me grateful. It makes me ungrateful. Right. Why? Or we're only allowed to want change if something is wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we have to flip that narrative. I, I just, just because things are okay doesn't mean they can't be better. A hundred percent people can find ha more happiness, more fulfillment by doing something different. And like you said, at the very beginning of this conversation is we are meant to grow. Like we came into this world to grow as humans. So if we're not doing that, we need to come back to that. Why, why are we stagnant and make something change, make a difference. Um, and I really think that it's up to us and people like us to flip that narrative. You are in, you can have it all lead by example, you know, and having the, the ideal work life and the ideal home life, but also living it out loud. I just, we yeah. have to get bigger. We have to talk about these things more. We have to flip that script so mm. that the question is, why can't I have more? You know, yeah. it's becoming no reason. the light to, to lead the way for other people. Every time you show up, every time I show up, every time a woman like us shows up and does something in her bigness and her power, it gives other women, other people, the permission to do the same. And I think that's where we get to challenge the little girl that was rewarded for being quiet and for being small. We get to challenge that and say, this is a new world that we're creating because the small little girl that was quiet didn't create the change, doesn't it? It's right. missile. So that's, I think, the importance of like women, especially using their voices and using their gifts and, and honoring the uniqueness that they hold because each of us is here for something bigger. And like, if we really sit in that and integrate that and let ourselves know, like, I'm not here to live a life that is plain. Nobody is, right? No, no one. Absolutely no one. I had someone recently say to me that, you know, they were looking for a new job. They were trying to consider where they were going to go next. And they said, well, I need to do X, Y, and Z, meaning like I have to follow the steps that lawyers in our history have followed in order to be successful. And I said, why? Why can't you do whatever you feel compelled to do? Because nobody's done it that way before me. So then lead the path, you know, start, you be the person to do it. You be the person to do it that way. I just, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We absolutely have to use our voice. We have to be big. We have to take up that space and talk about these things, be vocal about the change that we want to see in order to see it. And I just, there is absolutely no reason why you can't chart your own path and mm -hmm. do it a hundred percent on your own terms. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. 
Um, so just to recap a little bit, as far as like creating your life by design, I think you know, the biggest things that we kind of talked about here, we're really taking that honest inventory, like figuring out if you are complacent or, you know, challenging the idea of being able to be content and have that desire for more and that make you ungrateful. Obviously, just developing and figuring out what are your values and choosing to align with those um, and knowing that freedom is your birthright, that just because somebody, you just said it, just because somebody before you hadn't, hasn't done it doesn't mean that you can't. And yeah. that's, is there anything else that I know we talked about? I think, and, you know, just do it. Like overcoming that fear to some degree, just, just do it. Take that chance on yourself. You know, you have an idea in your head. You have an idea of way to be more fulfilled, more happy, more content. Do it. Try it. Overcome that fear, you know, put it to the side. Flip that narrow. What if you don't do it? You know, what are the outcome there? Yeah, but I think that those are all the major keys and and be unapologetic about it too. Your life is up to you, exactly like we've been talking this whole time. And if you want to do something a certain way, just do it. Don't mm-hmm. don't apologize for living on your own terms. I think that the other piece is like you said, just recognizing the people pleasing, the perfectionism, like that stuff's gonna remain. And I know that we've had this conversation, but just letting that live in the room with you and then fucking do it anyways. Like yes. understand it's not gonna go away immediately. But yeah. yeah, so tell um if any of you watching, if you're catching the replay, if you are a lawyer or a young professional, I know you work with women in different industries. So tell people kind of how they can find you, what you have open as far as offerings and stuff like that. Sure. Well, I work with women and men. I work with everybody who is lawyer or in a stressed out work environment, trying to find more balance, more fulfillment, you know, more me time in their lives trying to be agents of change in this industry that is antiquated and needs change agents, you can visit my website, which is my name, katiehuss.com. I have one-to-one offers open for right now. And um, I also have a deep dive intensive. So it's like 75 minutes. We just really deep dive into like an opportunity or obstacle that someone is facing. Maybe that's a career shift. Maybe that's gaining confidence to ask for a raise. Maybe that's like feeling working way too many hours and need to create some boundaries. So all of those are options. Always open on my DMs to just talk about issues that come up. And of course, legal issues. If we have legal issues out there, estate and trust issues, I am for that purpose too. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Covering all the things. Yeah, I know from working with Katie, what a powerhouse she is and how much change that she's going to bring to your life. So if you are looking for a coach that can help you really get out of that burnout and create a more aligned life, she is your She's your gal. And I would love for you before we hop off here to just give some wisdom from our work together for anybody that might be thinking about working with me and tell them what that experience is like for you. Just do it is another, another opportunity where I would just say, just do it. Working with Kelsey is amazing. She is that person that I was talking about earlier on that really can do the reflection back to you, that mirror back and say, Hey, this is the way I see this that you're talking about to make sure that you are not holding yourself back from those opportunities to step into the life of your design. Um, working with her is absolutely fabulous. I love working with her. I love working with a like-minded individual who really wants to raise women up, empower other women to live life by their design. And if you're on the fence, I will say just do it. You will not regret it, I promise you. 
<laughs> I love you. I love you. I feel like we could talk for like five hours. We'll definitely have to do this again. Thank you for your time and your beautiful insights as usual. And hopefully I'll see you soon. Yo, for sure. Thanks for asking me. I, this is a blast. Definitely could do it anytime. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.